you're listening to an episode of the Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life podcast with your host, Kim Olver. This is Kim, and welcome to the 169th episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. If you like today's episode, be sure to leave me a review wherever you listen to your podcasts and share with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag me at Olver International. Today, we are continuing the leadership conversation with Jamie Butler. Jamie is a proven growth leader with a visionary and innovative edge, achieving a broad scope of success in organizational and entrepreneurial settings. She has a keen ability to interpret market risks versus opportunity mindset, swift change, and uncertainty. Jamie is an expert in developing captivating and persuasive brand stories through multi- and omni-channel market strategies for national and global brands. She has extensive experience in business development and thought leadership, collaborating with partners, presidents, CEO, and C-suite counterparts. She fosters long-term client relationships while building diverse cross-functional organizational teams. Jamie is known for her innate compassion and passionately driven character, possessing a unique combination of critical thinking, intuitive listening, strategic excellence, and entrepreneurial savvy. Give her a challenge or problem to solve, and she'll give you a smile and a solution that inspires and drives growth. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jamie. Thank you, Kim, so much. It's a pleasure to be here, and I'm just very excited to have this conversation with you and and talk further about women leadership. Awesome. It's one of my favorite topics. I couldn't agree more. All right. I know that you do brand consultation and all of that, so I don't even know what all of that is, but why would you say brand and thought leadership is important for top decision makers in achieving their business and marketing goals? Yeah, that's a great question. And you are not alone. I think a lot of people wonder what brand and leadership is, leadership development. And how I like to look at it is developing a brand to be a stronger and more impactful leader. My career is in marketing and advertising, as you so thoughtfully mentioned. What I've realized after owning a couple of companies myself, being an entrepreneur, being in those higher executive C-suite positions, is that we often forget about who we are, what we stand for, and why that is relevant and valuable, not only to our organizations and our teams, but to ourselves. Knowing Mm. who our first is very, very valuable in achieving those business goals as well as those personal goals. I love that you said that because I have always been a person who believes that women belong in leadership. But the thing with my generation, let me say, is that if you were a woman in leadership, you had to act and think like a man to be able to be a valued leader. And I think that that's so wrong because we bring things to the table that men don't generally doesn't help to have women leaders if they're just like men. The diversity is what makes it so special. And being true to who we are, like you said, really helps us just feel good about who we are and the work that we're doing. Absolutely. Throughout my career, I had very good mentors. I'll be honest, I had a lot of good male mentors, but I also had a lot of very good women mentors. Also in the advertising industry, I remember there was a woman, her name was Charlotte Beers. She became the president CEO of Ogilvy & Mather, 
which was that advertising agency that set the standards for advertising agencies. And I I watched her one time in a presentation, and sometimes there would even be these ads in the Wall Street Journal about promoting executives, both men and women. One of the things that always stood out to me is that she said, I don't play golf. I wear a skirt. And I embrace my feminine side to be successful in business. It really stood out to me in that aspect of why shouldn't we be who we are? Why shouldn't we embrace our uniqueness, our power? Because I often find we apologize for it. Sometimes we don't promote ourselves as much as we should because maybe we don't want to be seen a certain way. But our strengths and our successes are done because we made them happen especially today, there's an opportunity to really embrace that, not necessarily fight for it, but stand in it. That's really where I kind of come up with this idea of think before you lead, identifying who you are, what you stand for, and then why is it valuable? I know a lot of times, and I, I am guilty of this myself, we will sometimes interpret things or we think, oh, well, because that happened over there, or this is what the media is telling us, then this is how we need to be or act. The more that we stand for something, not only do we become that leader, because we're leading and setting an example for others, both men and women counterparts, but it really helps to create innovation and change and a new way of doing something. hmm I like that. And you mentioned your tagline, which is what really prompted me to ask you to be on this podcast. We were in a meeting together maybe a month or so ago, and I heard you say, think before you lead. And I thought, oh, I want to know more about that. Can you tell us more about that particular approach? Absolutely. Again, like we were talking about before, we sometimes look at leadership from that perspective of what somebody else has done in the past, where things are always changing. Sometimes we get nervous about change, uncertainty, that type of thing. But if we kind of take a step back and pause and think about how we want to lead from where we are at the moment, rather than sometimes being like, okay, following a script or following an outline. Leadership has many different forms. Leadership can be leading a team to do something different. Leadership can be doing something in your grocery store. That's the thing is leadership doesn't always have to be tied to a title or a salary. When you're thinking about leadership, it's all about what are the values and what is the purpose that you're looking to drive forward. The thought process is that aspect of consciousness. I think that's a really big buzzword that's happening today. Not a buzzword in the sense of a trend, but kind of that consciousness of, okay, I want to climb the corporate ladder. I got to do this milestone, this milestone, this milestone. Well, sometimes we can get to that end goal by thinking and looking at other opportunities or other pathways in. Sometimes with leadership, we may be going along in a certain role. And I think this happened a lot with COVID. And then all of a sudden you kind of look around and you're like, well, wait a minute, am I happy here? Is this kind of what that vision was? And it caused people to make a shift 
into doing something that they had more passion toward or that was much more purposeful. Mm -hmm. And when I say this, it doesn't always mean like with a lot of my clients, when I'm working with them, they have challenges. And what I encourage them to do is to think about the situation rather than to judge it or interpret it in a way that may not necessarily be exactly what's taking place, if that makes sense. It does. When we were talking before we got started, you used two words in combination to describe yourself that I've not heard used together before, and that is a consultative coach. It seems like you're wearing two hats sometimes simultaneously. You're a consultant, but you're also a coach. What are the benefits of working with someone like you? What is it that you help businesses do? That's a great question. I'm glad that you asked that. A consultative coach, because of the depth of business experience that I have, a lot of times when I'm working with an executive or even sometimes teams, there is a strategy that they need to kind of work through or define or a goal that they need to achieve. There's that aspect of the consultative side of it, of taking my background and experience and helping them or guiding them forward, giving them ideas. Sometimes it depends on the whole program, but the consultative side of it comes from the idea of spawning ideas for them within the strategy that they are creating. And then the coaching side comes from actually helping the teams work more seamlessly together. Because even if you're in a woman's organization, you're a team of women, you have a team of men or men and women, everybody's bringing different personalities to the table. Everyone's bringing different strengths to the table. Sometimes somebody may be talking about something and somebody may interject and it may not be taken in the right way. A lot of times I'll do the coaching either with the team themselves, because I'm taking a step back. I have the objective point of view. I'm not emotionally invested in the day to day. So I can kind of take that step back and observe it and really look at, well, this is what was said, not from a perspective of somebody did anything wrong, because there's really no right or wrong. It's just different people's perspective, but create that objective clarity. Mm-hmm. So then they can kind of make the next step decision themselves. Also with the coaching aspect, I'm very intuitive. And a lot of times when we're moving along, we don't see ourselves. So sometimes, you know, especially with women, there are times where they say that they're not good communicators or they want to improve their confidence or they say that they don't like confrontation. I'll actually dive into a specific meeting or a specific engagement going back and forth. And I will help them see that they really are good communicators. Maybe there's something in the past, or maybe somebody else said it, or maybe it's just something that's in their head that's kind of that limiting belief of what they think, but isn't necessarily the truth or really what's taking place. Right. We're not always the best judge of our own character or success. Exactly. Exactly. It's interesting, too, just going through my own career, business coaching and executive coaching has gotten much more prevalent. But I think before people always felt that, oh, there must be something wrong with me. If I am working with a coach, then there might be something wrong. I was also a competitive athlete. 
if you want to improve and become better at something, you always want someone to help make those tweaks, kind of say, hey, why don't you try this? Hey, why don't you look at that? So that's where I kind of bring this consultative coaching and bring them together. Because when you are looking to achieve a goal, carry out a strategy, the two work very well together in achieving that. So you feel fulfilled at the end where it's not so much work, if that makes any sense. Oh, it makes complete sense to me. I have a coaching program where I teach people to be coaches. And there are models of coaching where you're only supposed to ask questions. You're not supposed to give any information. If somebody doesn't know the answer to your question, you could ask it a hundred ways, a hundred different times, and they're still not going to know the answer. So sometimes people need information. And I think if coaches have the information, it should be provided. I'm with you on that. Right. In getting my certification, I remember there's such a value to asking those empowering questions because it is so valuable to the person that you're working with to help them see things for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. To your point, helping them see different perspectives also helps them to process and find the answer for themselves because ultimately that's what they're going to do. That's right. Absolutely. I know when I was in China, there is a word they have for crisis, and it's created with two different symbols. One symbol means danger, and the other symbol means opportunity. I want to ask you about the biggest challenge or danger, as well as the biggest opportunity facing today's leaders and top decision makers. What would you say that might be today? That's a great question, Kim. Honestly, my first reaction is how much time do you have? What leaders are facing today is unprecedented. It's paramount. COVID really impacted us. There's times where we're still embracing what that impact was, impacted us personally as well as professionally. My biggest takeaway as I talk to leaders is this idea and shift of uncertainty shouldn't lead to inaction. Mm. A lot of the conversations that I have with leaders, both with my clients, as well as at like networking events is even just remote work. They're trying to run a business. They're also trying to satisfy and keep their teams, their employees. And how do you navigate through that, not having that in-person culture in the office day to day? That's a really big aspect and getting those teams together while still training the younger generation as well. I know for myself, when I first started working in the advertising industry, it was just great to be around the energy of senior leaders. They set that path of leadership in the the culture of the organization. Leaders are faced with where are we today and how are we going to carry that forward? There's a lot of companies where there's an idea of innovation. Let's try something new. Let's see how this will evolve. And then there's others that stand very true to their corporate culture and believe in that and believe that that is the foundation and the bedrock of why the company has been so successful the past five years, 10 years, or even some of these larger corporations that have been in business for a long time. Going back to uncertainty shouldn't lead to inaction. Sometimes we were faced with trying something while knowing that we might not know what the outcome is going to provide. That's scary. Yeah. And it is scary. But here's another one fear is just a feeling. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
get too philosophical, even before COVID, we did things with not knowing what the outcome was going to be. But because COVID literally was the test of the human condition. There's people that are still struggling with it. I think there's people that are fine with the remote work and it helps them a lot. But I think there's a lot of people and I'll even include myself. I miss community. I miss seeing people. Yeah. It's the company that's producing, creating work, whether it's a service or product, it's done from a team. And sometimes it's hard to collaborate through creating meetings. I know a lot of my clients, they literally have meetings back to back to back. How can you pause and how can you think? How can you go to one meeting and let that kind of ruminate a little bit so you can think about maybe, oh, well, I need to talk to this person. We're just in this constant state of go, go, go. While being driven and reaching those goals is paramount, there's times where we need to be human as well and pause. So I think that's the biggest challenge that's facing a lot of leaders and how do they navigate through that? Fascinating. Would you say that the same is true for brands in general, or is it something different? The challenge that brands are having, and this goes back to where my career stemmed from, is really creating that brand strategy and defining what is that unmet need that you are providing and who is that target audience that not only needs you, but can't live without you. Sometimes corporations, they want to be everything to everyone. And that just waters down the brand. It waters down what you're really good at and you almost spread yourself too thin. I do a lot of case studies. And one of the case studies is the difference between Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts. They are both hot, brown, caffeinated water. But you purchase those brands to have different experiences. Dunkin' Donuts had the whole concept of running on Dunkin'. It was all about being able to go in, get out, and you were on your way. It was about the coffee, but it was also about the experience. And then Starbucks has a little bit more of that zen. You can relax. There's a little bit more of a different experience when you go in there. Today, because people, they're living their lives differently. A lot of brands are trying to figure out, okay, how do I market to them so their products are in their everyday lives? Mm-hmm. If you think about it, people aren't necessarily, they go to the office and they're not going to Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts like they used to. I had a whole routine myself and even one of my employees, she would use both. She would drop off her daughter in the morning. She was always running. She was always late. So Dunkin' Donuts was perfect. But then in the afternoon, when she got to the office, she would walk across the street. And it was almost like a break for her to go across the street and get a cup of coffee at Starbucks. So mm-hmm. there's challenges both for the leadership of a company and an organization, but also too for the brands and the products that they're trying to promote. That makes so much sense. I'm curious more on a personal note. I know you've worked 25 plus years helping corporations build their corporate and product service brands. Why did you pivot to helping corporate leaders build their thought leadership brand? That's a great question. First of all, I felt there was a need, a need from my own experience. I was a co-founder of a successful marketing and advertising agency. After six years, I decided First of all, I really like to work one-on-one with people. I love to build things, all of that. But what I missed as we got bigger is really having those one-on-one relationships with my clients. 
a lot of times as you get bigger, that wanes a little bit. I made this pivot from this idea of fulfilling that unmet need. Is there that support that is needed in leadership to be the leader that you can be, to truly capitalize on your strengths, capitalize on what's important? That was really the biggest pivot for me. It kind of came to me. What's interesting is that I was giving a talk and a seminar, and then for the next one, they wanted me to donate some services. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of came up with the whole concept of the brand component of it, along with the leadership development, as I was calling it then, to really help primarily women. It was for a women's organization to help them lead more from that position of power and mindfulness rather than feeling that they always had to work so hard. Something that I hear a lot and I've done myself is this idea of having to work so hard to achieve something that you really want and are very passionate about. I felt that there was a need for it. You've mentioned strengths a few times. Do you use any kind of instrument to measure strengths or is it just a self-reporting experience for your clients? Yeah. So I use a lot of tools. I am a certified professional coach and I did get that certification through an organization called IPEC and they focus on energy leadership. So there are tools and assessments. One of them is the energy leadership index. And I am actually an energy leadership index master practitioner. What that does is uncover certain components of the essence of who you are. I could talk about it in depth There's not enough time, but we show up embodying these different types of energies. So I use that, but I also use strength finders Mm -hmm. as well as EQ assessments. The strength finders in when I'm working with clients, I do a whole workshop around that. Mm -hmm. One of my clients, I said that she was very creative and she's like, I can't sing. I can't draw. And I said, that may be the case, but you're very creative and you're problem solving. A lot of times when I'm looking at strengths of people, and this is what I love about what I do, is calling out those strengths that they are not seeing for themselves at all. And then they almost look at it completely differently. And when they are engaging in something, like she she changed her like approach to even how she did presentations because she sees herself as that creative problem solver. That's awesome. Do you find that people often think that their strengths are just something that everybody has? They don't think that it's anything special, but when you back up and you look and you see everybody comes to you for this reason, this is your superpower and they don't even see it. Yes, absolutely. And that is what I love about the coaching because they don't see it. But then when you go in and talk about certain situations or meetings, another one of my clients, she didn't think she was a good communicator. And I'm like, but you're the person that is above you is constantly coming to you for your thoughts and insight into what's going on. We do. And honestly, sometimes it makes me sad that we don't see our unique strengths. A lot of times we look at everybody else's strengths and say, okay, well, that's who I should be. Where it's like, you be the best you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I want to ask the question because, you know, our podcast is called Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. So what choices have you made that have positively impacted your career and your life? Mm. There are two in particular 
And I will say the first one was when I did decide to leave this agency that I helped build and create after six years. Looking at what was important for me in making that decision, not necessarily what it looked like on the outside, because it took some time. A lot of people were shocked. And it took me some time to identify myself as myself rather than attached to the agency or what I had done for the majority of my career. But it helped me get to where I am now. That's one of the most important things is some of the decisions that we make is that journey to get you to that next place of what's important to you and what you value. No one's right or wrong. The company has continued and is extremely successful. I'm proud that I helped start that. That was a big decision, realizing what I valued more and what was important. The other one is I recently moved to Boston. That was one of those gut feeling intuition types of things. It's like making that choice of, okay, I'm really happy where I am right now, but there's something that's missing and getting curious about that. Moving to Boston has been life-changing. It really has been. And again, it goes back to that idea of sometimes we're afraid to take those leaps, but sometimes the fear is actually sometimes why we should do it because there's something better on the other side. Yeah. And also, you know, your whole concept on choices is such an important one as well, because we do always have a choice. Even if we decide not to choose, we're actually making a choice. That's a choice. There's always two sides. You can choose to look at things in different ways. Making choices, it's a positive thing that will help you move forward. Just the idea that we've talked about as far as fear goes, physiologically, fear and excitement are the same emotion. So it's just a shift from I'm scared. No, I'm excited. And let's go. And oh, I'm glad that you said that because I even know anxiety is a really big word, both with younger generation as well as today. And it's that same thing. Anxiety can be that fear, but it can also be that excitement. That's a good point for you to call out. Our time is coming to an end, I hate to say. So I wanted to give you the opportunity if there's something you'd like to say that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet. Sure. I think my biggest thing is, I'll say this specifically for women, we're stronger than we think. And a lot of us are pioneers in where we are and what we're doing. There's not a lot of mentors or people to look at, but then again, there are. Sometimes we think that mentors or other people around us have to fit a certain mold or they have to sometimes be in the same position where there can be mentors anywhere. That's a really important thing to be mindful of. It's like that idea of choice. Sometimes you can also make a choice of what you see and what's around you, a choice in your perspective. I also wanted to mention that I do have a seminar series coming up in September. I will be promoting it on LinkedIn. That is about, there is no finish line defining success through passion and purpose. If you're interested in that, I will be having more information on that starting in September. And then, of course, if anyone is interested in a complimentary consultation, I always like to meet with my clients for an hour first, just to kind of get an understanding of where they are, what their challenges are. So if anyone is interested in that, please go to my LinkedIn page, which is jamiebutler-b21, and just connect with me and send me a note. I would love to hear from you. Terrific. I'll make sure that gets in the show notes. 
I really appreciate you joining us today, Jimmy. I know we had some challenges getting together with our busy schedules, but I so appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and just thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kim. This was fabulous. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and remember to leave a review and share with your connections on social media. I also hope you'll join me next week when I'll be interviewing Catherine Lazaruk about leadership. I'm looking forward to it. Talk with you then. This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at lifeequalschoices.com or listen wherever you download your podcast. And don't forget, remember to subscribe.